1: My goodness, is the hurricane still on your brain? Hurricane Ian left a path of destruction across parts of Southwest Florida, but one area was spared from all of the devastation surrounding them. That's called Babcock Ranch. A community of residents less than 30 miles northeast of hard hit Fort Myers suffered mim- minimal damage from the powerful storm. Now, a lot of that has contributed to how the community was built. From solar panel usage to power lines that run underground, Babcock Ranch was created to withstand the power of massive storms like Ian. Now, could this be the future of coastal communities? Well, Dr. Jennifer Langwell designed the community and the president owner of Trinity Construction Solutions joins us now on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. Hello, Jennifer. May I call you, Jennifer?
2: Yes, ma'am. Good evening. How are you?
1: Good evening. I'm well so happy you could join us tonight. My goodness, the devastation that we keep seeing on the on each of the coasts, right, has been really challenging for this country. And people are now asking the question, why do we have to keep rebuilding in these same sections if it's going to happen every year? What do you say?
2: It It is a little piece of the American dream to have property and build. So I don't Know that we can tell people they can't build on land they own, but we can help them make informed decisions about how they build and try and push them to be more resilient and fortified with their structures.
1: We've been talking about this for a long time, solar, 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 right? And, of course, we see some communities that are really adding it, but a lot of cities don't want to pay for it. And I know this is a big piece of this whole design that you all have come up with, correct?
2: Correct. And and there's an entire design team that has been working on this specific land development that will turn into a town for close to 15 years. And we've gone through conference table of conference table of of iterations of design to be able to put together a combination of things that we felt would give us the most durable and resilient community, which, of course, we didn't know or or have tested proof until just recently. And so it is refreshing, actually, to see that, that there was a little bit of proof of concept with what we just went through.
1: The community of Babcock Ranch, forgive me, um, this is a community that been, you've been trying for a long time to make this happen, and it finally happened. Do you believe that other communities surrounding it will accept it and say, hey, we need to get that, and what is the cost of it?
2: So the vision was Sid Kitson's to start with, and he will tell you point blank, we want people to copy what we're doing. We are doing what we believe is the best and most durable things we can be doing, and he wants people to take what he's doing, and he's very open about everything that we are doing as designers, as engineers, as as green building, and take that information and use it again. So do we feel that there's a cost premium? I can tell you to the home specifically, there really is not any cost premium. If there is, it's minor, and you can usually recoup that in federal tax credit. From a solar array standpoint, we actually had a partnership with the local utility. And so although we donated the land, they provided the solar panels. So looking for partnerships like that are really what facilitate something of this scale to happen.
1: You must be so excited to know that this is working, that it, you know, did it just work this one time with Ian or has it been working all along?
2: So Ian was really, truly the test. Um, Irma was a few years ago and mm-hmm. no one was living out here and and construction, moving earth, so to speak, had just started And we had a lesson learned from from Irma about how the power from the solar field was being fed into the community. And because we lost power in Irma, which was much less of a storm, we actually modified how the power was being transmitted and then sent throughout the community. So that all happened before people moved here. And we've already sat down earlier this week and talked about lessons learned from this storm and what are we going to do better? What do we need to prepare for? The what if? What if this had higher winds? What if we had more rain? Are we ready and prepared for that? Do we have redundant systems in place? And so, although this worked, we're not going to stop improving what we're doing because we have still a significant quantity of this town to build out. We have 5,000 residents now, and at build out, we'll have 50,000. So we speaking have a long of, way to go.
1: Right. And, you know, speaking, and again, go ahead.
2: C- continual improvement is part of what we want to do.
1: Well, you started on such a great foot. I mean, the community is located 30 miles inland to avoid, uh, avoid coastal storm, storm surges. And power lines to homes are all run underground where they are shielded from high winds. Uh, just knowing that alone, you, are already, you have a head start. How did you know 30 miles would do it?
2: Well, and it wasn't necessarily a, a 30 mile knowledge, so to speak. We still have the same wind load, the wind zone, when you look at our codes as the coastal areas do. We just, this was the land that was available for purchase. It was the largest land purchase in the history of Florida, and 74,000 acres was put back into permanent conservation. So, really, the land drove the decision to look at the community and say, you know, what do we have? We have elevation. We have 30 feet of elevation. We have the ability that we are inland that hopefully by the time a storm would hit us, it might be less significant from a wind standpoint. Now that really didn't happen, but that all drove the concept of really focusing in on durability for this community Mm -hmm. and saying, you know what, we're not coastal. So what is it that we do have? And we have the ability to shelter in place. If we do this right, people don't have to evacuate during a storm event. And so we really focused in on durability. We focused in on resilience. We focused in on redundancy to make sure that if By chance, one system failed. We had a backup system in place.
1: So people want, they they want it to be where they don't have to evacuate. I mean, I noticed a lot of people even stayed knowing that this was a you know, a four hurricane and yet people stayed. I was so surprised at that knowing how homes are usually built in Florida specifically. So I'm just curious to know if, if how do you build something that allows you or, or doesn't need you to evacuate when a storm comes in, tell me what mathematically or how you, you would come up with something like that. And does it exist on the um, Babcock, Babcock ranch?
2: Is that so, what this is? Part of our challenge is that there are many, many houses in Florida that are that are older. And in Florida, we had a, a major hurricane in the early 90s, Hurricane Andrew. And after Hurricane Andrew came, we had a significant change to building codes from a standpoint of wind loads and resistance to storms. So if you're a pre-Andrew house, which was, again, 1992, and mm-hmm. they are about 4 million plus pre Andrew houses that exist in the state of Florida, you are not built to the current codes. And the current codes are what we have built in Babcock 2. Now we have added a layer on top of that, which is the Florida Green Building Coalition certification, which has a category specific to durability and disaster mitigation. So we have very much pushed our builders to build more durable structures. And we're actually now, as a result of this storm, going to start talking to them about a program called Fortified, and it's an insurance institute program. And it talks about making your roof more durable, making your whole structure more durable, and in doing so, gives you insurance discounts, which, as I think we all know, we're going to see probably a significant insurance rate increase here in the short future. So having programs out there or having guidelines that you can follow that allow you to go above and beyond what your minimum building code are are really significant from a standpoint of durability. So you
1: we can see now that this actually works, right? We know that what you have done, it works. Why aren't we hearing from the government In the state government in Florida saying hey let's get started right now let's start building these right now is it the cost
2: so I would say there is a balance and every time we do improve or or make changes to the building code we do price additional people out of the market so there is a balance between maintaining affordability and an appropriate durability so to speak now do we need to possibly rethink those coastal areas or rethink those areas that are prone to flood? I think we've learned you can't fight mother nature. So right. if you're going to build in an area where mother nature can take its toll, you know, then then I think there needs to be a different standard. Um but that's something that we are beginning those discussions on and and the rebuild efforts so the Department of Economic Opportunity is controlling the rebuild funds from Hurricane Irma as well as Hurricane Michael. And every one of those rebuilds are required to be certified by the Florida Green Building Coalition. So again, we know that they're more efficient, we know that they're healthy, and we know that they're more durable than a typical code house. So yes, our state government has committed to, now we're not at a point where we've done anything with this storm because we're still in disaster recovery mode. But they have done it with the last two storms, so I absolutely anticipate conversations around when we rebuild, we rebuild better and more resilient and more durable.
1: Wow. So you do say rebuild, but to rebuild according to what you have done. Right? Correct.
2: I, I believe okay. we bumped the standard. So I don't, again, believe that if someone owns that property you're going to necessarily be able to convince them never to build on it again. You know, that may be the, the asset that they have in their family. So I I think you just have to look at it from a standpoint of, you may not be able to stop them from rebuilding, but we can require them to do it in a very durable way.
1: Wow. It's just, um, quite remarkable. And I'm excited about what you have uh, brought to our show tonight, because this could go to every state, although every state is not the same. Every state has a, a totally different water. Um, oh, my goodness. goodness um, the way they, they build the homes on water, that sort of thing. I know Florida has a lot of, um, what is that called? The The type of it's not concrete but it's underground and you have a lot of those sinkholes that's it a lot of sinkholes in florida so each state has its own problems could this still be built on ev- in every state
2: so i can tell you in florida we really don't have a high concern about snow loads on our roofs <laughs> however yeah, right I'm feeling like you might <laughs> so, so absolutely construction is regionally specific right i'm in a cooling dominated climate i have not used a heater in in decades um because we just don't need to so it is absolutely climate specific but the structural components of it and it talks about for example nail patterns or additional layers of underlayment so it just talks again about redundancy and and i really the fortified standards would apply nationwide they would apply globally so it's not something that is necessarily climate specific they do tell you hey if you're in a hail zone these are the things you do if you're in a wind zone these are the things you do but you know for me to take how i would build a house here and, and put it in minnesota just would absolutely be inappropriate and vice versa quite honestly <laughs> don't
1: tell me that come on <laughs> That's what I get. Oh, man. Okay, Dr. Jennifer, I get it. Um, I do hope that there will come a time when, you know, bright minds like yours can come together with other bright minds and be able to create create homes on every uh, part of this country as well as the part of the world, whoever it is, that there will be homes built because we know climate change is real and it's happening. We're watching it hap- happen. And it's not easy to watch, by the way. So I'm really hopeful that the these brilliant minds like yours will come together and find a way for every state to be able to have something like this. I am absolutely thrilled for you. Congratulations on making this happen and proving to everyone that it's possible.
2: Well, thank you so much.
1: What a pleasure. Thank you so much. And I look forward to interviewing you again in the future. All right, you call. (laughs) Thank you, Dr. Jennifer Langwell. Thank you. She is president and owner of Trifecta Construction Solutions, and she was joining us tonight. Isn't that hopeful when you hear that even in this small space, um, they were able to build homes and nothing happened to them? because they knew how to build the home in order to deal with this type of weather in Florida. I hope that it spreads throughout the country and, I'm mean, sorry, throughout the state as well as our country. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the
0: cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New
1: iPhone 15s? Over
0: here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks
1: per line per month
0: with eligible trade-in when you switch.